and then there stepped forward a very a frail old man in his 70s who turned out to be this uh, priest, Kwan uh, Duk, and he assumed the lotus posture. And another priest stepped forward and uh, poured gasoline over him, and then suddenly a towering flame. <laughs> listen, living, listening to Synchronon. Sick and run. Yes, you're listening to Sick and Wrong. The Sick and Wrong, the world source for anti-social commentary. God, what a bunch of scumbags. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world source for anti-social commentary. I'm your host, Steve Simon. I'm Harrison. It's cracking there, Harrison. No. Uh, nah. <laughs> Sounds like you yeah. had a rough weekend this weekend. Yeah. Rough yeah. week, rough weekend. Everything's rough. It's always rough, though. Everybody's got rough. Yeah. But then again... You're not setting yourself on fire in front of the White House. It's not that rough. I haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> did you hear about that guy? Uh, I did hear about that guy. Yes, I did. It's a, you know, it's a crazy image yeah. of this dude just walking through, uh, what is it, Ellipse Park, right uh-huh. by the Washington Monument, just engulfed in flames. He looks like the Human Torch, like an Indian version of the Human Torch. Yeah. And it, it's so this guy. On, uh, this is on Wednesday. Set himself on fire in a park south of the White House. He ended up dying, actually, from the injuries. Uh, they identified him as Arnav Gupta, 33 years old, of Bethesda, Maryland. Um, I guess he had been reported missing for about a week. And then they found him on fire. But he lit himself on fire uh, in this park, and he was caught. There's video. I don't know if you had a chance to see the video, but you should check it out. He was caught on video just calmly strolling through the park, just engulfed in flames. Hmm. And it's funny, too, because in the video, you can see these people, like, and there's a, the picture, actually, I'm going to post it to the site. You see this guy just kind of nonchalantly walking on the cell phone behind the burning man, and he's just like, hey, look at that. There's a guy on fire over there. Huh. <laughs> yeah. So wacky. See something weird every day in D.C. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this, uh, he erupted into like a bright orange fireball. Right in front of tourists and at 12.20 in the afternoon. Okay. And the okay. weird thing about it is there's no manifesto. There's no, you don't know if he's like, you know, practicing self-immolation as a form of protest. You know, there's, there's no real information about it. I mean, all there is is just these videos. Um, this uh, girl here who uh, took the, the video and posted to Twitter has been going around. She goes, we saw this man. He started running at first, and then we saw him just walking, covered in flames. Hmm. I guess he was wearing, like, black pants and a USA sweatshirt. <laughs> and uh, Normally, yeah, I think <clears throat> the instinct when you're on fire is to run. Most people have. This guy was just strolling, hmm. which is just so unsettling. Yeah, it, It's weird. And officers in the video are seen racing over to the man and just, you know, with a fire extinguisher and putting him out. Um, and he collapsed as he was just covered with the, the white foam. Um, and everyone's just watching him. And uh, the weird, and anyway, they took him to the hospital. And uh, he was, suffered burns like 85% of his body and he, and he died. But here's the weird thing. They haven't seen any news outlet talking about this. And maybe I'm kind of getting on a Reddit conspiracy thread here. Mm-hmm. But uh, the Secret Service confirmed this attempted self-immolation and said that a suspicious package that was on, also on fire, was found in the park near where the man was extinguished. Hmm. So 
Keep that in mind. Suspicious package found in the park near where the man was extinguished. Last month, and you didn't even know about this guy, on April 12th, a man in a motorized wheelchair right in front of the White House tried to set himself on fire. And he actually uh, used an accelerant and uh, poured lighter fluid like all over his, uh, his shirt or his jacket. Wait, the other guy didn't use an accelerant? No, the other guy used. Uh, they they don't specify, oh, but I'm assuming. Okay, right. he, I mean, he yeah. he was like a huge ball of flame. I imagine he's sure. covered in gasoline or something. Mm. But this guy uh, was spraying lighter fluid like all over himself and tried to light himself on fire. And he, he went up, and then uh, Secret Service immediately were there. Came out and mm. extinguished him. You know, put it out. Uh, he's also taken the hospital with injuries, but they're not life threatening. As the man had mental health issues, but was not considered a threat to President Trump according to law enforcement officers. However, here's another weird thing. Secret Service put the fire out and noticed that there was a suspicious package found near the man. What's going on here, Harrison? I think he uh, got a package from Western Union that, that somebody, a time traveler, said, hey, I need you to go to the park on this date and give a package to the guy who looks like this. You think that's and what then, happened? And, and it then, was him. And he opened the package and, and it set him on fire. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, the other guy who was walking through the park also had a suspicious package. This guy. They don't say what's in the package. Oh, the wheelchair guy had a package too? Also, wheelchair guy also had a package found ne- mm. next to him. So what's mm. going on here? What are these packages? There's no motivation for why they self-immolated. There's something. There's, there's a connection here. There's probably like a new app. <laughs> you think it's a new like, app? Yeah, they're going to start advertising it on podcasts. Like, <laughs> have you always wanted an explosive package delivered to you wherever you are, whenever you need it? Well, now there's Kabloomy, you know, the new app that allows fucking explosive fire packages. Explosive fire packages. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like that thing where they, you know, they, they, they uh, I don't know. There's one where it's, it's like, like gorilla they sell marketing. you shirts that you don't need to tuck in that are made for not tucking in. You know, you want to like go fucking, out with a bang and yeah, make a statement. Apron. Yeah, get one of our kabloomy packages. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't. It I don't be like the podcast has to be like. Now, my first kabloomy package, I burned off all my hair. <laughs> but I'm the only. You know, I I've been searching. I was I was searching yesterday yeah. and today trying to find any any other information about the the guy in the wheelchair and this guy that that just did this month and these packages. No one's talking about the packages. Mm. No one's even mentioned, most reporters haven't even mentioned, except for I, I saw a couple of articles, like Washington Post had an article about like mm. They said, yeah, a suspicious package was found near him. Meanwhile, Donald Trump gets a new haircut, and there's like fucking 7 million fucking articles about articles it. Articles about that, exactly. Yeah, the fuck? You know, I wouldn't mind if he self-immolated. I bet no. you that hair would go up in seconds. Yeah. If it's even, uh, if it's even flammable, I don't even know. They've, so they, they haven't had time to look through this guy's stuff or anything? You know? there's, no, there's no report on it. So you I know what know. the wheelchair one reminded me of? <laughs> Remember that fucking shitty, um, uh, that, that, that shitty scene in Batman v Superman where, like, Hated I don't know, movie. they're at Congress and, like, Lex Luthor gave Holly Hunter, like, a bottle of urine... <laughs> And then he's got the wheelchair guy there, and it explodes the entire Congress. Wait, the urine explodes? No, the urine is just a, a side thing. Oh, <laughs> he gives her. He gives her. 
I think I think I was like a jar of urine that says like Granny's peach tea on it or something. <laughs> Did she? And drink then they're it? all no, but she looks oh. at it and she's like, "Oh no!" Because when she sees that, somehow she knows there's a wheelchair guy with a bomb with the, in the room. I don't even understand the the nexus. None of there. it makes any sense. <laughs> None of it make, made any sense. That movie didn't make. I I just remember so, like bits and yeah. pieces of that movie because I think I was like half paying attention because it was so boring. Yeah. Like, yeah. Who was the bad guy in that? Was it Lex Luthor? There was another guy, right? It was Lex Luthor, and it was that big monster. The big monster thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. God. Doomsday. Yeah. Doomsday, that's what it was. But anyway, after reading about these two unrelated incidents with their weird, suspicious packages that no one's talking about, it made me think about self-immolation. Yeah. And when did that become, like, the preeminent form of protest? I don't understand. Like, mm. I mean, it's such an act of defiance, but like, why? You think there's way better ways to go out? Like, that looks extremely painful. Yeah, like if I was gonna like, you know, make a statement and kill myself, I probably wouldn't set myself on fire. I'd probably just go like, set Tim Heidecker on fire and then yeah. kill myself. You know, that's probably what I do instead. Because why do I have to burn? Why should I burn? Well, Fuck exactly. I, or I'd shoot yeah. my head off or, or like, yeah. I don't know, maybe put like a bunch of explosives in my underwear and just blow up. You know, I'd do something. I don't think I would light myself on fire and slowly burn to death. Mm-hmm. And then maybe suffocate from the, from the, the smoke inhalation. I don't even know. It, it seems like a horrible way to go. Extremely painful. But yes. you know what, though? Uh, you know, self-immolation has been going on for thousands of years. Let's do a little research on it. And, uh, you know, there's been famous immolations through history, like uh, that Buddhist monk that's on the cover of the Rage Against the Machine album. I yep. think his name's like Kwang Duke or something. Yep. Um, he burned himself in like a Saigon intersection. But then recently there was that Tunisian street vendor who started the Arab Spring, Mohamed Bouazizi, that guy. But, but, I mean, throughout the years, there's been some famous incidents of, uh, of this this ultimate act of of defiance here which i don't understand why anyone would do that i mean you could do a hunger strike a sit-in whatever there's plenty of ways to protest without lighting yourself on fire um but anyway yeah what's what's interesting with some of this research i always thought it was a buddhist thing like did you think it was a buddhist thing like they're the ones that just have been doing it for thousands of years because they're impervious i think if you look at the the list um they could they take up most of it well, I think they do in modern times, yeah. but actually, I don't know. They, they've been doing it for a while, but you know, it, the practice didn't originate in like Vietnam or is not confined to Asia. It's a right. millennial practice that's been in both the West and the East, where it's mm-hmm. like long commanded sympathy and outrage. Um, this article that I was reading here in the New Yorker said that the sociologist Emil Durkheim separated suicide into four types. There's the egoistic suicide, the altruistic, the anomic. It's like moral confusion and the fatalistic. But self-immolation pretty much does all, all of them. I see. Yeah. Hits all the, uh, all the types. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you look throughout history, uh, Heracles and, uh, and uh, Dito burn themselves to death. Heracles out of insanity. Uh, Dito out of uh, despair and pride. Um, 300 AD, Christians uh, persecuted by Diocletian set fire to his palace and threw themselves onto it to express their objections to Romans. Mm. Yeah, and like in you know, Roman times, uh, the, uh, there's this uh, group of heretics known as the Montanists. 
Uh, they took up the practice, gathering in churches and then setting themselves on fire. Baptism by fire. Yeah. You know, and then, uh, and then you look into Russia, 17th century Russia. Uh, have you ever heard of the Capitans? I think I read something the about that. The Capitanists? Yeah, mm. I guess they were the old believers, as they were known. They were oh, that few... was the thing that was like the Russian Orthodox Church yeah. split from the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. From the, from the Tsar. And they refused mm. to follow the new rules of the Tsar. You know, they, they were, you know, follow, only followed the rules of God and the church. And they saw the Tsar as the embodiment of the Antichrist and meddled yes. in their worship. So the only solution here was to submit themselves to an en masse second baptism this time by fire. So they just locked themselves in a church and like hundreds of them just burned with it. And baptism by fire. And then, you know, in uh, India, actually, even up until 1829, uh, wives, like widows, whose husbands died, would uh, do a practice called sati, uh, which they would just throw themselves in the, like the, the funeral pyres of their husband. So when their yes. husband is being murdered, that they just, you know, throw themselves on the fire. Like an Egyptian cat. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the Tibetan self-immolations from like, you know, in China, uh, saying that they, you know, they've been doing, you know, the Buddhist monks have been setting themselves on fire since like 4th century AD. Yes. You know, they've been, uh, they, would, they would sit in pyres to propitiate, it's called ganying, which is the force that binds the corporeal and the ethereal. And the only way to do that is to sit in a pyre and burn yourself to death. Yeah, Buddhist, I mean, this is kind of like extreme Buddhism here, but you got to, I mean, they definitely uh, are impressive. Uh, but self-burnings at this time became public performances, like officials attended. Crowds would go there and just weep in admiration. Mm. And so uh, monks would just burn themselves to protest declining patronage from the ruling classes or to lament invasions. You know, they would just kind of sit there and be like, hey, we're going to be burning because we're sad today. Right. Yeah. <laughs> And like people would be like, oh, sweet. There's a monk burning. Let's go down there and watch. It's going to be fun. Let's bring the kids. And, uh, you know, and yeah, I mean, they did this. Uh, you Insert know, in joke about the eighth season of Game of Thrones here. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you probably should. Yeah. Um, but yeah, on the eve of the First World War, they, you know, they were, uh, there's a wave of self-immolations in, in protest of the decline of the world according to monks. And then later during the uh, Vietnam, you had the famous Buddhist monk, Quang Duc, which is a, you know, it's a weird story. You know, obviously you've seen that image. It's an iconic image of him just kind of sitting there peacefully, legs crossed, just burning to death, just engulfed in flames. And then oh, yeah. Rage Against the Machine kind of co-opted it. Um, but, the, but the story of how it went down is kind of, it's kind of insane actually. So Quang Duc who offered to burn himself in a Saigon intersection as a donation to the struggle. And the struggle, I always thought it was like American intervention in Vietnam, but it wasn't really. It was the persecution of Buddhists by the Catholic and U.S.-backed DM regime. Yeah, I read that too, and I was like, oh, okay. I never hmm. knew that, actually. I yeah. always thought it was uh, hmm. they were protesting like America's involvement on there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, listen to how this went down. It was kind of crazy. So... U.S. correspondents in 60, in, uh, on June 10th, 1963, they were informed that something important was going to happen the next morning, right in front of the Cambodian embassy. So they knew something was going to happen. And so that morning, uh, Duke arrived as part of a procession. Um, and there were like 350 monks and nuns marching 
along with Duke in the front, carrying banners in English and Vietnamese. And they denounced the DN government and its policy towards Buddhists and demanded that it fulfills promises of uh, religious equality. Now, another monk had offered himself, you know, to be uh, immolated, but Duke's seniority prevailed. He was like, I got this, bro. I'm the senior here. I'm going to burn. Hold my beer. Yeah, hold my beer. And so, uh, yeah, the act occurred at an intersection is a few blocks southwest of the, uh, the, it's called the Reunification Palace. At the time, it's called the Presidential Palace. He just emerged from the car along with two other monks. One placed a cushion on the road while the second opened the trunk and took out a five-gallon petrol can. And as the marchers formed a circle around him, he just calmly sat down in the Buddhist, like, meditative lotus position on the cushion. Like, it looks like you can see him, like his legs just crossed. And a colleague just emptied the contents of the petrol container over his head. And he was just sitting there rotating his wooden prayer beads, you know, giving the homage to the Buddha. And then he just struck a match and dropped it on himself. And just flames just consumed his robes and his flesh. And there's a reporter here that, uh, that, that was there. And he said, like, flames were coming from a human being. His body was slowly withering and shriveling up. His head just blackening and charring. And in the air, all you could smell is burning human flesh. In which he was surprised that human beings burn so quickly. Yeah. And, which is... You I'm, better hope that shit kills you too, man. Because, oof. Oh, God, yeah. That, well, that's God. the other thing. In terms of, like, you know, I mean, obviously these guys are doing it as a form of protest. But as a form of suicide, you're not guaranteed that you're going to die. No. You might just end up being like fucking uh, the dude from Hellraiser, like Freddy Krueger or something. Yeah. Because uh. yeah, I remember I read some memoir by some like dude who as a kid, I don't know, he was going to get grounded or something. And he, you know, when you're a kid, you think like everything, all the consequences and everything is so fucking unfair. Yeah. But it's not. It's exaggerated. It nothing matters. He, he was like, oh, well, I got to light myself on fire. And he did. But he survived, and then he just looked like a fucking monster. And it's like also like your clothes burn into your skin. Yeah, you're. Yeah, exactly. That's that yeah. was what was weird about that guy in the, the, the in the park by the Washington Monument. He was wearing this like USA sweatshirt, and it's just imprinted into his chest. Yes. Which yeah, yeah just uh, very very unsettling. Um, the uh, reporter David Halberstam said. He, as he burned, he never moved a muscle, never uttered a sound. His outward composure in sharp contrast to the wailing people around him. And I guess like all the monks and nuns and, you know, and some shock passerby were prostrating themselves before this burning monk. Even some of the policemen who were there to control the crowd, they started prostrating themselves. Intense scene. And the whole time the monk, these monks were repeating it to a microphone, a Buddhist priest burns himself to death. A Buddhist priest becomes a martyr over and over again. Hmm. Yeah. So it took 10 minutes for his body to fully immolate. And eventually it just toppled backwards onto its back. And once the fire subsided, a group of monks covered the corpse with yellow robes. They picked it up and they tried to fit it into a coffin, but his limbs could not be straightened. And one of his arms just like protruded from the wooden box. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the body was recremated during the funeral. Uh, but his heart remained intact and did not burn, which is odd. <laughs> it's yeah. considered to be uh, holy, and it's placed in a glass chalice at a at a pagoda in the, or a museum in in Vietnam. Hmm. Symbol of compassion. But that yeah. that widespread coverage of that uh, that iconic photo inspired you know a lot of people, you know a lot of protesters to to do practice self immolation. 
The weird thing, though, about <clears throat> self-immolation is a lot of times that shit gets buried. We, what do you like mean? Like you, people, people well, like the, it, like the times that it happened in the last, you know, this this week and last month. People don't want to think about it because it's horrific, so they yeah. don't. So they don't. Well, and it kind of, and a lot of times it gets buried. People don't want to read it. It's not a clickbait article, right? Well, I find people it weird. It. I think it was like if the person had a a reason or something he was protesting, then I think there might be more to report on. But this was just like guy sets himself on fire and walks through the park, mm. and I think it did. It did kind of get buried. It wasn't even the top story. A lot of people did that against communist rule in Eastern Europe. In the yeah. 60s. Well, yeah. yeah. There's actually. I was going to get to this guy next. Uh, this uh, what was his name here? Um, yeah, uh, J- uh, Jan Palach, a Prague student mm. who auto cremated in Wenceslas Square to protest the Soviet invasion of, of uh, Czechoslovakia. His act was described as the most drastic suicide of the 20th century. Hmm. Um, yeah, he burned himself five months after the Soviet army occupied Czechoslovakia. And it was a rational decision. Like, you know, he, wasn't, he didn't have mental health issues. And what was weird about it, because at the time, you know, media was so heavily censored. There's no live television broadcasting. So I think he was just doing this to draw attention to the invasion. Hmm. And this was like the most dramatic way he could do it. Um, but he didn't die from it. Like, he laid dying in a hospital for days. He could talk, he could think, but he couldn't breathe. Oof. Yeah, so I guess that's what eventually he suffocated to death, Oof. like days later. And yeah. one of his followers, Jan Zajik, chose a more sophisticated act to ensure that he died instantly. He stripped naked, smeared his body with a flammable, like, shoe polish, and okay. then he drank a corrosive substance to stop himself screaming. And then he poured the petrol over himself and set himself on fire. So he huh. burned from the inside and outside. Wow. Yeah, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's insane to even think yeah. about it. Um, there's a guy, a Quaker in Pennsylvania, who doused himself in kerosene and lit a match outside of Defense Secretary Robert McNamara's Pentagon in 65. He was protesting the Vietnam War, Norman Morrison. There's a stamp issued in his honor in, Nor- in uh, North Vietnam. Hmm. I didn't. I didn't even know about that guy. He did um, it. He did it outside of Robert McNamara's office. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. In 1965, just lit himself on fire. He's a Quaker. Yeah. Are there even Quakers? Do they even exist anymore? They do. They do. Yeah. Richard Nixon was a Quaker. <laughs> I didn't even know Nixon was a yes. Quaker. Yeah. Um. Uh, the Buddhists actually. It's kind of odd. I didn't know this, but the, the subject of self-immolation is actually controversial to Buddhists. Because most Buddhists strongly, like Buddhist schools, strongly condemn suicide. But at the same time, it's been, you know, the practice has been practiced on and off for like over a thousand years. Which is, which is odd to me because, you know, self-immolation doesn't even come up in Judaism. Like, have you ever been around a bunch of Jews on like a hot New York summer day? Y- yes, I have. <laughs> I'm schwitzing everywhere. I've also like, heard the Two Live Jews song, Oi, It's So Humid. Oh, yes, It's So I, Humid. I know, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Yeah, I couldn't even imagine Jews well, being like, "You want me to do what?" Well, Set also, cremation is against the thing. Oh yeah, it? that's the that's the other thing. Yeah, we're yeah. against cremation. So, but some Buddhists regard self-immolation as the ultimate form of self-sacrifice, and it's justified in times of social crisis to bring about the only way to bring about political transformation. I agree so, with that. Yeah, I mean, it yeah. is the ultimate form of self-sacrifice. Um, I read about this other one though. This guy Muhammad Bouazizi who kind of 
his his set his act of setting himself aflame kind of brought out the Arab Spring, but totally incidentally because they weren't related. He wasn't protesting. Well, I think he was protesting his his conditions. So I guess I can kind of see how that could be, uh, um, how that could inspire that. But yeah, he was saying in uh, January 2010, after years of grinding destitution, harassment by police, this is in Tunisia, Muhammad Bouazizi set himself in a flame. Not so much out of protest, but as just like existential despair. He didn't want to mm-hmm. live anymore. And he couldn't live. And his suicide was, was intensely personal, though, but it was interpreted as an act of public defiance. So he became like a symbol of the Arab world's like, you know, uh, protest movement against uh, the governments. Yeah. And a rallying cry for, you know, rest of youth. But I was reading the story of what happened with this guy. And I remember when that happened, because I remember there were pictures of it. But I never really heard this, the, the tragic tale of Mohammed Bouazizi. But according to family and friends, like local police officers just targeted and mistreated this guy for years. Like he was just a poor Tunisian man who had a, a fruit cart. Yeah. Like a wheelbarrow, a wheelbarrow with produce and fruit. And that's how he made a living as a street vendor. And every day, the local police officers would come by and harass him. And just ask him for his vendor's permit. If he didn't have his vendor's permit, they would either just knock over his wheelbarrow and just stomp on all of his produce, or they would just take it. And so I guess uh, he didn't, you know, he and his family didn't have funds to bribe police officials to allow him to, you know, to do his street vending. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and they would just take his goods. And so he claimed he like had complained many times and the family said that one time he was complaining he was publicly hum- like humiliated by a female municipal official named Faida Hamdi. She slapped him in the face, spat at him, and took his electronic weighing scales and then like had police officers just destroy his produce cart. Jesus. Yeah, it was also stated that she made a slur against his deceased father. And the family says that the fact that she was female and did this in public made his humiliation that much worse. And that's what put him over the edge. Huh. Yeah. And so uh, he, I guess he like went to the governor's office to complain about what happened to get his scales back. And the governor refused to even listen to him. So then he said, Bozizi was quoted as saying, if you don't see me, I'll burn myself. And then he went and acquired a can of gasoline from a nearby gas station, returned to the governor's office, and while standing in the middle of traffic, he shouted, how do you expect me to make a living? And then he doused himself with the fuel and set himself on fire. Hmm. Yeah, dramatic. According to his sister, uh, uh, people panicked when he caught on fire. One of them tried to douse him with water, which I guess just worsened it. Just yeah, it, it, weird. Yeah, just uh, you know, caused the, the, I guess the flames to like... You know, spread. Uh, he suffered burns. I mean, it's better on... than D- David Bowie's um, method for putting out a fire. What does Bowie do? He puts it out with gasoline. Oh yeah, do you remember not... that song? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's not gonna work. He's not a great. He was a lot of things. He wasn't a firefighter. <laughs> you know. Um, so. He suffered ninety ninety uh, percent of his body had suffered burns uh, before they actually managed to stop the flames. Um, but yeah, he died, but that's the thing. It's like a drastic form of suicide, this death by burning. And from what I've read here, the pain is greatest at the beginning before the flames actually burn your nerves. Mm. Um, but while the, and so, you know, while that's happening, once it burns the nerves, I guess there's no more pain, but I mean, I guess the pain's excruciating at the beginning, 
the burning of vital tissue is the most painful during the, the beginning of the self-immolation. Uh, but a criminologist surmises that shock or asphyxiation usually takes in and make the event kind of painless. As do the onset of third-degree burns, which destroy the nerve endings. So it's either the... I think you're probably going to die by primary shock or asphyxiation before you actually... You know, before the pain... You know, the pain probably brings on the shock, and that's how you die. Yeah. But then the burns usually... Uh, you know, the third-degree burns destroy the nerve endings, and then you're fine. But, but as we said before, fire immolation doesn't guarantee death. And that's the worst part. Now you're going to go through life as just a burn victim. Yeah. It reminds me of that. You ever see that Mr. Show skit? Yes. With uh, Titanica? Yeah. Reminds like, me of that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but well, after... Have you ever, have you ever uh, lit, lit your hand on fire on purpose? I mean, yeah, I guess I've held it over a flame. Yeah. No, like, because I remember when I used to, like, be a guy that had a Zippo lighter. Oh, you know? I was one of those, like, too. Yeah. One of the, yeah. Um, just sometimes for like laughs or just to fuck with people, I would light, I would douse my hand in the light. If I had the lighter fluid, I'd douse my hand on the lighter fluid. And then I'd light my, I'd pretend to light a cigarette and then my hand would catch on fire. And I'd be like, oh, cause you could actually light your hand, light your skin on fire if it's covered in lighter fluid and have it be on fire for like eh, three to five seconds. Yeah, probably like five, six seconds. Yeah. Cause at that point it's just burning the fucking fumes, you know? And then you could put it out. But, but then it gets on your clothing that. and goes up your arm. Next thing you know. You just got to make sure that doesn't happen. You know? <laughs> Don't wear flammable clothing. Mm. Were you impressing the ladies with that parlor trick? I don't think so. <laughs> I was just being an asshole. <laughs> but after, after your nerve endings go, yeah. the burned skin doesn't really hurt. So most of the victims actually die from suffocation because the blaze yeah. damages your respiratory tract. Um, right. Some people die immediately. Those who survive are usually worse off because within days they start dying from suffocation. The lungs, like the alveoli, fill with water and you just stop breathing. Yeah, that's so why Darth Vader had to have the... the oh, is that what, is that what it was? Is that why they yeah. gave him the respirator? Yeah, because remember he was like at the volcano breathing in fucking lava air. Oh, you know? yeah. yeah. I guess that's why yeah. they gave it to him. So Yeah, man. His lungs were all burned up. Yeah, it's just a harsh way to go. Mm. Um, but you know what, though? I was reading the stats here. Self-immolation accounts for approximately 1% of all suicides in high-income countries, like Western Europe and the U.S. Mm. But it's much higher in low-income countries. Hmm. Maybe because it's harder to get a weapon there. And, you know, petrol's everywhere. Oh, that must be it. Yeah, because I, I wish people would do that instead of shooting up a fucking, you know, Jamba Juice or whatever. Yeah. Like self-immolation has been reported to account for as much as 40% of suicides in some areas of the developing world and as high as 71% of suicides like in, in uh, specific locales like in the Middle East. God so, bless him. I don't have, the, I don't have the, the grit for that, man. That's the thing. It's like usually the motivation is protest. But I was thinking about this. It's like I don't think I've ever given a fuck about anything mm. to that degree. To light myself on fire. I don't think I've ever yeah. given a shit about anything. That much, but hey. I think I've, I've purposely kept myself from giving too much of a shit about anything because I feel like something like that could happen. I guess. I couldn't imagine myself sacrificing, you know, death by fire as a form of protest against something. I usually just don't give a shit. I'm like, right. I'm like a classic Gen Xer. Yeah. I just don't give a shit. We're like that. Yeah. We're, that's the thing. Like, we're that generation that 
really just doesn't give a shit about anything. And then yeah. the millennials come and then they're, they give a shit about everything. Yeah, I don't know. I'm Gen Y, so I don't even know what that is. I don't even know what that does. I don't even so. know. What, what What year is Gen Y? It's like in between Gen Xers and fucking the other thing. Yeah, but that must be like two years. Cause like, I think no, th it's like fucking 10 years or something. Is it? Right? What's yes, the first year of millennials? It's like 1984 or something like that. Oh, I was, you know. I... Or maybe it's 1982. It's, it's something. It's like, yeah. Huh, that's the cutoff? I don't know. I don't know Labels. who I don't know who comes up with the shit. Yeah, I think who it's Newsweek or something. You know, it's like Entertainment Weekly decides all <laughs> it's, this. It's who decides so. these Gen Xers? Yeah, yeah. I thought it was like some kind of social philosopher, like Durkheim or Foucault or someone that brought. No, those it's not that. No, it's like shitty. Yeah, it's like shitty fucking clickbait think piece writers come up, come up with that shit. Yeah, I don't know you where know? that term came from. Yeah. I don't know. But anyway, there you go. I, I will bet you anything Gen Xer came from Newsweek. All right? It probably did. Yeah. Tom Brokaw. Mm. He, he made it. Knew it was Brokaw. Uh, but Death by Fire, it's got to be one of the most like unpleasant ways to go. I don't know why yep. anyone would do it. But I am interested to find out why this guy in, uh, in D.C. lit himself on fire. I think it has something to do with the packages. The suspicious packages. Yeah. There's a shadowy cabal putting these packages, making, self, ma making people burn themselves to death. If you see something, say something with fire. Say something with fire. Mm -hmm. Get yourself a kabloomy package. Yeah. People, it's episode 689 here is Sick and Wrong. Uh, we have news stories coming up next. We have phone calls after that. But first, here's a word about our Patreon page. Do you need more Sick and Wrong in your life? Do you need one more news story to make you feel normal? Are three phone calls barely enough to feed the raging beast of desire? Well, then it's time for you to get the help you need and become a Sick and Wrong patron. Sign up at patreon.com slash sickandwrong and you'll have access to exclusive Patreon-only content such as news stories, extra phone calls, and much, much more. Become a patron today and help us make a better sick and wrong for tomorrow. That's patreon.com slash sick and wrong. So the first story we have here uh, has to do with, an, with a Canadian man who's accused of ordering a child sex doll. Hmm. Uh, apparently, it's a crime in Canada. Is it a crime everywhere? To, can you order child sex dolls? I mean, they sell them online in Japan. That's a that's a sticky wicket. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I, I don't know either. I feel like it might not be illegal in the states. So you could go right now and order a a, a four year old child sex doll. Look, I don't know. Well, I'm just randomly saying things like I tend to do. You know. <laughs> don't you take imagine? my. Please don't take anything I say as legal advice. Okay. You know what my favorite thing about this story yeah. is though. This guy um, is named Kenneth Harrison. But throughout mm. the story, they just refer to him as Harrison. So every, as I was reading <laughs> it, all I could think of was you. Yeah. <laughs> and it kind, of, it kind of was relevant, you know? How is it relevant? <laughs> How is it relevant? I, guess, I don't even I like guess being not, on, a, but... on a plane with a four-year-old, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Let alone whatever the hell else he's doing. Well, you'll see My the God. relevance. You'll see yeah, the, uh, right. the, the similarities here. So apparently this guy... Uh, was at a whole trial that lasted six years, and he was just found not guilty. Hmm. But it's a, it's a, uh, the first of its kind in Canada. 
the case of this man. A St. John's man suspected of ordering a child sex doll in the mail from Japan ended in, in an acquittal. So the trial ended in, in, in an acquittal. First trial of its kind in Canada. Um, this, this decision here at a provincial court came six years after police arrested Kenneth Harrison, 52-year-old, who was found not guilty of all counts, possessing child, child pornography, mailing obscene matter, and under the Federal Customs Act, smuggling and possessing prohibited goods. So it is a crime in Canada. I just don't know if it's a crime in the U.S. I'm assuming it probably is. Not to mention yeah. it's exceedingly creepy. God, I couldn't even... I think all those dolls are creepy. Just that even like the adult female dolls. Could you imagine looking at like going to someone's house and they had like a five-year-old girl doll? I would feel like if you went into somebody's house and saw that, that you'd die. I, you know? Yeah. I would be think like, it was oh, you saw that. Now we, I'm afraid you can't leave. You know? I, I would assume the guy would transfer your soul into the <laughs> yeah. thing. And that's now why you it's there. Now you can't leave. Yeah. yeah, now you're a five-year-old girl. Right. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I feel like child's play. But yeah, I would be freaked out. That's a Twilight Zone episode right there, man. <laughs> My God. Yeah. yeah, just like a room full of these dolls. It was just now you're a five-year-old girl to be, <laughs> ugh. Yeah, okay. I just find Yeesh. dolls in general to be creepy, but like a lifelike human five-year-old doll, well, I wouldn't sure. even be able to be in the same room. Yeah. Um. After the uh, uh, Judge Mark Pike's verdict was read, Harrison initially showed no reaction. But at the end of the proceedings, a few minutes later, he smiled and shook hands with his lawyer, Bob Buckingham. I'm Can sure you he must have been Please say Kenneth Harrison for the love of fucking Christ. <laughs> I'll try. I don't want to give these idiots any more goddamn <laughs> ideas, all right? I'll try my best. Okay, yeah. um, maybe I'll just call him Kenneth. Uh, Buckingham, so Buckingham, the, the lawyer here, Said, uh, you know, he was speaking for his client. He said he wants to go get on with the rest of his life, which is going to be impossible, because I would forever think that this guy is the guy. Not not only is the he's the guy that ordered the sex doll, but you you ordered a child sex doll, and you had like a six year trial that happened. I, it'd be very hard to escape. Um, that yeah. What's the rest of his life? You know. Well, I mean, he's, oh, he has a rich inner old. life involving <laughs> tabletop Warhammer games or something, you know, like what else? I don't know. Uh, Buckingham added that his advice to people is be careful what you order online. Sure. Okay. Yeah. And that's the whole defense. He claimed he never ordered that doll. Mm. Yeah. He claims he ordered a, a doll named Carol, which is like a, a doll of a legal age, which is also fucking creepy. Yeah. Like he said, he ordered an adult female doll named Carol and he got a child sex doll instead. Yeah. Yeah, right. Are there children named Carol? <laughs> it's really hard for me to imagine that. <laughs> I've never no. met a child named Carol. Maybe in the 50s. Yeah. Um, so Harrison was arrested, March, Kenneth was arrested March 2013 when a box containing what police and experts said was a child sex doll was delivered to his home. He was released from custody after his first court appearance, and he's been on condition since then. Over the years, the case was riddled with delays for reasons that included long waits for witness availability, uh, months of arguing during pretrial, uh, wrangling to resolve other legal issues, and charter violations. So it, was, it was plagued by many issues, so it was delayed. Uh, during the trial, 
Uh, Harrison admitted that he had ordered a $1,000 doll through the online site Hariyumi Designs. But he insisted it was an adult female doll named Carol. The Carol Doll Deluxe Kit, which came with makeup and pubic hair. That's, that's important. <laughs> and a slime pit. Yeah. He yeah. says, I swear the doll I ordered had a 70s bush. I paid extra for that. Yeah. But he didn't get the Carol Doll Deluxe Kit with the pubic hair. Instead, he got a, I don't know, a five-year-old doll. <laughs> a sex doll that looked like a five-year-old. Yeah. Which is what he really ordered. Um, during cross-examination, apparently he collapsed um, while he was being examined. Because I guess he was so riddled with anxiety. He told the court that he wanted the doll for companionship because he's feeling the loss of his infant son, who died at the age of five months in 1986. He said he wanted a doll to represent his son at the age he would be now and insisted it wasn't for a sexual purpose. Jesus. So let, let's suppose what he claims is true. Yeah. So... What he Just do wants, what everyone else does to get a dog. Idiot. <laughs> well, someone you know? brought that up. But yeah. this guy is claiming that he wanted a doll to represent his son, who would be age 25 now. So he right. orders a female sex doll named Carol. Isn't that weird? Yeah, no, it makes no sense. And then it's also weirder. What were you going to do with the doll anyway? Take it to sporting events like hockey games or something? Yeah. Go have beers with it at the bar? <laughs> fucking yeah. weird it's fucking weird uh he repeated th his defense that he did a google search of the term sex doll and said he chose the photo of carol because it showed a male-like face that best resembled his son the fuck out of who here. would have been about 25 years old in 2013 <laughs> <laughs> so he's getting this like trans doll i guess yeah and that's what's gonna that's what's gonna be his companion See, Mary Shelley lost some children. She just wrote Frankenstein. Yeah. She, she, she was an order in It's a way to dolls. sublimate this, this yeah. loneliness. He said the doll's face is what appealed to him. And the fact that the doll was kneeling in a sexual position oh did not factor into his decision at all. Oh, my God. <laughs> he said the idea to search the term male sex doll never even crossed his mind. So he It's didn't not posable. <laughs> it's just always kneeling. Yeah. He didn't care that it was an ass up, you know, position. I'm taking it to exposed. I, I was just looking at its face. That's yeah. it. <laughs> uh, one of the attorneys here, the prosecutors, uh, Bill Howe said his explanation that he ordered a female sex doll as a male companion to replace his son doesn't make any sense. And he asked him to explain his reasoning. And Harrison replied, I did not order a sex doll of a childlike nature. The purpose I intended it was for to replace my deceased son, period. And then they asked him... His well, deceased son's name was period? Well, I think he's making a point. Uh, but yeah. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> All right. He said he didn't order an infant-sized doll because he wanted to resemble his son when he looked 2013. And he said he didn't order a mannequin because he was looking for something lifelike. Oh, my Yeah, God. like, why wouldn't you get a mannequin? Yeah. You know, and then uh, the Crown Prosecutor... One of the other ones, Dana Sullivan, said, well, why wouldn't you just buy a dog if you were lonely? And he said, this is his response. This is how weird this guy is. A dog is not representative of a human. It's not human in appearance. 
Thank God. <laughs> you should have got the new Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, yeah. It's in the new movie. Maybe that would have been a good companion for him. Yeah, sure. Like in a in a <laughs> in a sex posture uh-huh. with its hindquarters exposed. Weird um, teeth hanging out, you yeah. know. Forensic psychologist Peter Collins testified at an earlier trial date that Carol, the doll that he received, is the size of a prepubescent child without sexually mature characteristics. Mm. He said the doll clearly meets the definition of child porn. And Canada's criminal code defines child pornography as a photographic film, video, or other visual representation, whether or not it was made by electronic or mechanical means. If it shows a person who's depicted as being under 18 years old, engaged in explicit sexual activity, it's child pornography. This is a... So this is a, a, a doll the size of a prepubescent child bent over in a sexual posture. And he ordered it for companionship. Mm. Yeah, sounds, sounds suspect to me. Uh, Collins, uh, the, uh, the, the forensic uh, psychologist, testified that he concluded the doll was prepubescent based on its height of about 120 centimeters, roughly four feet tall, and from information found on a website advertising child sex dolls. But Kenneth here said he didn't see the contents of the box. The box was delivered. He never even opened it. And he was arrested after just accepting What's in the, the box? Well, that's, that's, that was their whole defense. Yeah. He said that oh, the, the what's doll... what's in the box defense. Yeah. yeah, he said that the doll that yeah. police said was inside wasn't the one that he ordered. Mm. I mean, that's the thing. How many times have you ordered something from Adam and Eve and you got the wrong thing? I mean, I've done that with my credit card company before <clears throat> where, like... I ordered something online or I paid for something online, probably like a porn subscription maybe, <laughs> and then I regretted it afterwards, and I was like, I accidentally clicked some buttons and, and, and ordered it. charged me. Yeah, yeah. You could do that with PayPal pretty easily. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. PayPal will do it usually. And a lot of credit card companies just write it off. They don't even care. Yeah, yeah. Um, you could do that with... Uh, an, I'm speaking entirely from a from a friend's perspective mm-hmm. here, but uh, you could do that with one nine hundred numbers back in the nineties. I see. Do they still have those? That's a great question. I don't even I don't know. know. Yeah, I remember uh, those those you know those commercials that would come on late night. Yes, I remember. I was like probably seventeen or eighteen. I called a bunch, and. Uh, I just, and I didn't even think about it, but my parents asked me about it. And yeah. I just called the phone company and said that I never made those calls. Yeah. And they just took it off. They didn't even care. <laughs> you, you ever see those, those old commercials for one of those with um, the chick from Ant Man and the Wasp? What's her face? I forget her name. She's been on those? <laughs> yeah. Before she what? was on Lost. Yeah. That's right. No way. Yes. Look it up. Wow. That's kind of hot. Yeah, it is. And she's yeah, hot. Huh. Yeah. Yep. Um, the lawyer here for Harrison told reporters that uh, the forensic psychologist's evidence was pseudoscience, and he made it up as he went along on the witness stand. And in rendering the decision, the judge said that he accepted Collins' evidence that the doll that was delivered to Harrison's house was a child sex doll. However, the judge said there's a lack of evidence to disprove his claim that that wasn't the doll he ordered. He said, it's not who to believe, but whether there's reasonable doubt. He goes, even if I don't believe the accused, I have to consider the evidence as a whole. So, you know, you'd think that he'd return it if it wasn't the one he ordered, but he never even got the chance to do the arrest after the police controlled delivery. 
Mm, so he never even opened the box. Yeah, yeah. So he said there wasn't any evidence presented at the trial to show which website that Harrison visited, mm. noting that he even agreed to have police check his computer, but they never checked it. They never mm. even checked his search history. That's madness, Town. That's the thing. It's like if you're trying you to know, they would have found some shit. Oh my right? god! Could you imagine what was on this guy's search Kidney? history? They're like, now nah, we got it. We got it in the bag with this here thing in here. You know, this, this guy. You look at this guy. He looks like yeah. a pedo. Yeah. And he looks like he's not only does it looks like a pedo. He looks like the type of pedo that would belong to like a network on the dark net with a bunch of other pedos. I wonder if you're born looking like that, or if just that interest makes you look like that. Like, I think, like when you're a Sith, and I like think eventually you're born, your eyes become yellow and you become all like wizard. Yeah, and, and like stuff fish belly white, and you lose side. your hair. Yeah. yeah, I think what happens is like you're born somewhat normal, but then after years of just like foraging for child porn on the internet and mm. you know uh, belonging to like obscure darknet groups and spending so much time inside and eating like canned soup, you just eventually <laughs> become that creature. Yeah. It's like Gollum or something. Yep. Um, but yeah, police didn't even look through his... The, the prosecutors didn't even look through his search history. Didn't even confiscate his hard drive. I don't get it. And so the judge said there's reason to doubt his guilt. Uh, the, the Crown has failed to... The prosecution has failed to prove their case. So he uh, said not guilty. Fully acquitted. I don't know if he got to keep the doll, though. I don't know if they gave it back to him or what. It's it's weird because I because I, I feel like you know because there's obviously there's two different kinds of child pornography there's the kind with actual children yeah and then there's like computer graphics or whatever and whatever the fuck that dude's doing and I feel like both should be illegal but I feel like they should be different standards of you know what I mean I think so. one I should think be so more too. serious than the other because in one of them people actually get hurt. And the other one, it should just be to discourage that kind of nonsense. You know? But do you think that pedos should be allowed to purchase one of these dolls just to do their horrible things to? I don't, I don't know. You know, don't as know. like some kind of cathartic release? I don't know. I, yeah, I, I don't know either. It's a moral I don't Because I, I don't know enough about, you know, the, the research, the, human the psychological research yeah. on whether that actually does curb those impulses. Or whether it just escalates and the person ends up wanting to do it in real life. So I don't know. Like it's a gateway drug like marijuana. Yeah, yeah. You know? It might be. I don't know. But who knows? I just, uh, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't Because imagine. it's like I can get all the fucking bondage porn in the world. But it's like I still want to do it in real life. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just so, I don't think you can satisfy that need yeah, fully yeah. with like an inanimate object. Right. Yeah. So who knows? You know, it was funny at the end of this uh, trial when they were leaving, uh, the lawyer was confronted by a woman who claimed to be a survivor and an advocate for children's rights. Mm. And she accused uh, the lawyer of being a pedophile sympathizer with an agenda. And he turned around to her and he said, are you an asshole? <laughs> <laughs> and he said he was insulted by her accusations. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be honest, it's good for him because... That's what lawyers do. I mean, like, look. That's his job. Somebody's got to do Everybody deserves a legal defense. That's the way the system is. Somebody's got to fucking do it. You know? I mean... It thing, doesn't mean you have to like them. It doesn't mean you have to fucking have dinner with them. But, I mean, what do you, why are you going to get mad at them? You know? Somebody's got to do that shit. I know. That's... You're appointed a court, you're a court attorney. It's like there was a job. thing recently where, like, defense Harvard attorney. was, like, on a fire a professor, a law professor because he was representing Harvey Weinstein. You know, 
<laughs> Which like, is like somebody's got to represent Harvey Weinstein. You know what I mean? We're entitled to legal representation. Pretty I much, mean, yeah. And pretty much when you went to law school, you pretty much decided you were scum. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what? why are we like suddenly picking and choosing who's more scum and who isn't, you know? Th they're all come scum. Like, come yeah. On. All right. It's weird. But uh, anyway, g people, if you're going to buy your life like a child doll, uh, use the app Fake Kidly and use coupon code Diddle. Diddle. Please. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. I don't know if you can get it from Adam and Eve, but. Yeah, Kidley. no, Fake Kidly. Fake Kidly. That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> what do you have here for the second story? Well, Uber passenger's death draws attention to vomit. Fraud allegations in ride hailing business. Yeehaw. Nice. Yep. Vomit fraud. <laughs> Vomit fraud. Vomit fraud. It's like a new term. That's like a new procedural show on CBS. <laughs> Vomit fraud. Yeah. Actually, you know what? It probably is a reality show by now. There's so I many. You can't like... even paradise. Like, paradise? Is that a word? Parody. parody. You can't even parody reality TV anymore because it's like such a parody of itself. It's just so absurd. I, yeah. I picture it to be like, uh, remember Rick and Morty when they flip through their intergalactic cable? Mm. It's like one yes. channel for vomit fraud cases. Yeah. Vomit no. fraud patrol. No, I mean, there's so many, there's like, there's shows that are that now, <laughs> you know? I mean, I was, I was, there was one I was like on, a, you know, torrent site looking for TV shows. There's a TV show called Farm Crimes. It's a reality show. It's like Farm somebody stole a truck full of blueberries. <laughs> I'm not. I'm serious. You know. And I was talking to the. I was talking to this person that I like work with or something who like pitched some shows or something, and they had a. Sh I don't know. They knew somebody who had a reality show called like Booze Traveler or something. It's like a travel show where they drink, but they're like, let's do a ghost hunting show where you also drink, and it's called High Spirits. <laughs> and they actually you know what i mean and it's probably going to be a show i wouldn't mind so, seeing that like instead of drinking yeah. though doing lsd right yeah call it high spirits that'd be kind of cool yeah booze traveler mm. although you know in all honesty i probably would watch a show about vomit fraud i would just too. vomit fraud cases where they're like interviewing yeah. lift drivers who are putting yeah. fake vomit down on their seats yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> And then you go and like track down that drunk, like, you know, sorority chick who, yeah. who's being accused of vomiting in the back of this Uber driver's car. Mm -hmm. It would be, I think it'd be actually kind of a cool show. I like it. I dig it. Mm -hmm. uh, the fatal St. Patrick's Day shooting of an Uber passenger in New Mexico, which allegedly followed an argument over a fee imposed for vomit in the back seat of the driver's car, has drawn attention to a broader vomit fraud trend <laughs> in the ride hailing industry it's trending well i mean you can't yeah. blame them they don't make any money make them make a yeah you know I mean, that's the thing don't they uh weren't they suing or protesting because uber just went public yes. and their drivers are paid a pittance yes they are yeah they, yeah. they make no money so it's i mean like... there, there's ways to make money like i i did meet some guy who was like making money but he was like a you know I don't know where he was from, Pakistan or something, and all he did was drive. Well, yeah, if you work like and he made like eighty a grand a year doing it, but like, they, I don't think he ever slept. I don't know yeah. what he was doing, you know. But he was like not a real person. So, hmm. did he have fake vomit in the glove compartment? <laughs> he probably did. <laughs> fake poo, fake dog fake, poo, fake poo. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Um, 
So according to Uber's policy, riders are responsible for an 80 to $150 cleaning fee for vomit inside a driver's vehicle. Hmm. But I didn't even know that. Were um, you aware of that? No. I actually, that was when I was doing that. I was actually kind of worried about that. I was like, "What am I going to do? I'm going to that's going to ca- that's going to take away like all my profit." Did you ever have that happen? How long no. did you drive for Lyft? Not long, man. Like a few like months, a month or something. Yeah, a few months. You never had anyone vomit. What would you nope. do if someone vomited in the backseat of your car? I throw them out of my fucking car. <laughs> would you make them clean it? No. How is a drunk person going to clean vomit? That oh, would just God. that would waste everybody's time. That would be yeah, retarded. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't even know. No. I've never, thank God, I've never done that. However, I have no. been with a passenger who did it in a cab. Oh, yeah? yeah. Well, that's I, even worse because a cab can't charge you a fee. You know? Yeah, but those vinyl seats, they just spray yeah. them down with a hose. That's true. Like your cloth seats, you're never going to get that barf out. No. I mean, I once picked up somebody who had just had plastic surgery, and they didn't bleed on my seats, but there was fluid. Ah, really? Yeah. Yes. Like coming out of their ass? No. It was plastic surgery coming out of their wounds or something. But where would yeah. where'd they get the surgery? In their face? Did they get like a... I don't want to go into detail. Lipo? All right. <laughs> yeah, it was lipo. All right. <laughs> not going into detail because I don't want to reveal things. But um, yeah, gross. no, it wasn't, wasn't good. No, no, that's great. It wasn't that yeah. great. But I imagine yeah, I had to get like... the thing clean. But I know? imagine vomit is... Probably occurs every weekend, multiple times. A lot of Uber Because when you get surgery, you have to have somebody pick you up, you know. And I was like, "Oh, I'll be that person." I, yeah, man, I regretted that. Let me tell you, jeez, jeez, oh man. Ugh. So, yeah. Um, but users of Uber, Lyft, and other similar services around the country have reported cases of vomit fraud. Vomit fraud. In, in which some drivers have allegedly falsely claimed a passenger puked. Just to tack on the fee and pocket some extra cash. Hmm. I could see doing that. That's what, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like you're not making much money, so why not? Like if somebody's really drunk bit? and they seem like they have so much money, like you drive them to their house in the Hollywood Hills or something, and they seem like they have so much money and they're so fucked up that they wouldn't care, I'd totally do that. Oh, fuck yeah. 100%, you know. And, you know, would, okay, what if they pass out in your seat and they had, like, their wallet in their hand and you could see, like, I don't know, four fifty dollars bills? I'm the wrong person to ask about this. Because <laughs> I don't, you know, especially, like, robbing from rich people, uh-huh. I don't get... My only concern is, will I get caught? What are the... What are the I calculate the numbers in my head. What are the chances of me being caught doing this? Um... Yeah, so yeah, I don't, I don't be, have any. I mean, I don't have any scruples in terms of stealing from companies or rich people. I don't care. Yeah, I remember so. one time in San Francisco, Wackerly and I got in a cab and we we're going to. It was a bar called the Covered Wagon. It was doing a reopening, and we went to get this cab. And the, the, the rudest woman was in this cab. She was rude to the driver, and then she said something to us. She's like, "I'm coming. Be patient." As she was getting out of the vehicle, after mm. she stiffed this driver. Mm. And didn't give him any money. So anyway, we sat down. We're like, whatever. And so we're going. And I looked down. And she had left her Gucci purse mm. on the seat. And I opened it up. And uh, yeah, I mean, she had like $350 in there. Damn, I didn't take dog. any credit cards, but I took all that cash. Sure, I, gave yeah, the, yeah. I gave the driver like 50 bucks. Yeah. And he was like, whoa. And then he didn't really say anything. And then I just spent the rest on drinks and cocaine. 
He didn't know why you gave him fifty bucks, right? I just gave it to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I did yeah. leave the I did leave their purse though in the back seat. Yeah. So you might have That's found good. it later. That's yeah. funny. Okay. Yeah. Spreading the wealth. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Um, though it remains unclear if the New Mexico case stems from a fraudulent fee, the mere discussion of a potential cleaning charge was apparently enough to get blooding boiling. Thank you, Ooh. writer. <laughs> this is what happens when you hire like illiterate fucking trailer park people to write your articles. I wonder if that one came from the New York Post. Yeah, no, no. The New York Post, they're not illiterate. They, they're very good at puns. They're like <laughs> the fucking pun masters of of fucking Ereldor. What's the land from Game of Thrones? <laughs> Arendelle? No, Westeros. Westeros, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I like Erendor. What is that from? Like Elf Quest or something? I think so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the driver involved... I've been... I'm like halfway through this bottle of wine now. So the driver involved in the New Mexico shooting death had not been charged as of early Friday. Um, as the prosecutor's office further investigates the matter, but the family of James Porter, 27, the family, the passenger who was killed along the side of Interstate 25, is suing the driver and also Uber. Ooh. Uh, claiming the operator of the ride-hailing app was negligent in hiring, retaining, and supervising the driver. Does Uber waive any liability for their drivers at Lyft? I'm sure they do. Because I know they don't vet them. I mean, I, I had mean, to the... sign all sorts of nonsense. Yeah, I think, know? like, if you did something terrible, like you raped a, a passenger, I don't think that passenger can sue Uber, but they can sue the driver. Oh, they could sue Uber, definitely. I mean, because it's like, I'm sure there's there's all sorts of, liability shit that is signed but that doesn't matter if you're suing somebody you want to make list everybody as a defendant like like the like company lawyers can drop all the fucking liability protection shit they want that doesn't mean a judge is gonna fucking buy it you know yeah that's true so if they if it shows negligence negligence on the part of the company it doesn't matter how much careful paperwork they have so won't hold up yeah 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 so uh, and this James Porter guy, <clears throat> there's like a picture of him in the article. He looks like a real douchebag. <laughs> the does. bro, yeah, yeah. He's got like a like a cool suit on, and he's like standing in the street, you know, <laughs> drinking a awesome. Monster Energy drink. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's got his headphones on. He's listening to Imagine Dragons, you know. He's gonna puncture his girlfriend's drywall. Yeah. <laughs> 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 totally yeah 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 oh man okay so um the driver claims he shot porter in self-defense as their argument over the vomit cleaning fee escalated the albuquerque journal reported hmm prosecutors are currently going over hundreds of documents and videos pa- michael patrick a spokesman for the bernalillo county district attorney's office said um a charging decision could come sometime in the next few months, weeks. <laughs> I don't even know what that accent is anymore. Yeah, what does it say? I'm not is even it... sure what's going on. <laughs> um, like the, what's the prosecutor from Inherit the Wind? What's that guy's <laughs> name. <laughs> All I can um, think of is the guy, Attic, it's not Atticus Finch. No, no, no. That was, it's that was uh, Clarence Darrow? Clarence Darrow. Yeah. Clarence Darrow. He was That's on right. trial, yeah. Yeah, good on you for remembering that. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah. Eighth grade um, English. Yeah. Court documents state that Porter and his friend Jonathan Reyes called for an Uber ride after celebrating St. Patrick's Day at a bar near San Mateo, New Mexico. Reyes later told police he had six or seven drinks the day of the shooting, but cannot clearly remember the events leading up to his friend's death. Dude, think how much green so. beer that guy drank. Yeah. He was yeah. probably wearing, like, you know, one of those leprechaun hats. Had, like, it's a, the, yeah, like Mardi Gras green beads on. It was just wasted. Yeah. Ugh. The worst witness you can ever have yeah. if you're a prosecutor. <laughs> so when did he shoot your friend? I was like, oh, man. It was like, some stuff happened. Like, I don't know, man. I drink, you know? like, six Irish car bombs, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> According to the uh, driver's account, Reyes threw up in the back seat and Porter began arguing with the driver, pleading him not to charge him a cleanup fee. Wow, this guy, this bro here, mm. obviously has puked in a few people's cars before because I didn't yeah. even know there was a cleanup I fee. I didn't know either. I was a dry. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't even know. It so might this not guy, had it when I was a driver. Who knows? This guy's paid that fee more than once. Mm. Especially if he's yeah, I mean, upset. if you puked in my car and I was a, I'd just kick your ass out of the car in the middle of where I was. I don't care. <laughs> just right on you the know? 101, just on the highway. Yep. Just get out. Fuck you. <laughs> you know? Fuck that. Jesus. So, mm. um, according to the journal, the driver said he pulled over told the two passengers to get out of the car, ended the ride, and gave Porter a one-star rating <laughs> on the app. When Porter slammed the car door, the driver got out of the car, and the two men continued yelling at each other. So that's... Yeah, right yeah, there is provocation. That's he the thing. out of the car. Well, he slammed the door. People don't like that. Yeah. He slammed the door. But the thing is, when you're an Uber driver, everybody fucking slams the door. Yeah, I know. A lot of people do that, especially drunk yeah. people. I would have just driven away. Fuck yeah. them. They're Pieces of shit. Their car, but yeah. it's like, if you're going to start some shit with somebody, it's like, you don't know who's going to kill you, you know? Well, that, that's the thing, too. And the like, thing is, is like, if I'm mad, and I, the only time I really get like mad like that is when I'm driving. I don't know what it is. I have that road rage thing. Where like I all of a sudden everything else fades away into the background and I'm just mad about that situation and I don't care about my own life in any way, you know? Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's like it, the yeah. rage takes over. Yeah. You know, you, you, you go into beast mode. I, w yeah. I think it would have been funnier if the dude just had like pepper spray and just sprayed the shit out of these bros and drove away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be much better. That'd be so much better. Yeah, it would have been funny. And then they have like yeah. the, their faces all like red. They can't see for hours. Mm. Better than and then and then there would be a one. way because if they if they called Uber to complain, um, then Uber could have a way to tell if they were douches or not and be like, hey, are you guys excited about the new Axe body spray flavor that's coming out? <laughs> and they'd be like, oh, yeah. And be like, fuck you guys. Done. <laughs> Done. Get it. Yeah. So. Yeah. According to a police search warrant affidavit, the driver said he drew his gun and told Porter to back up. See, this is New Mexico. Ooh, yeah, everybody's like, you armed. Just, you could just draw your gun in any situation. The guy probably had his right. gun you on You didn't him. give me enough hash browns, motherfucker. Yeah. I'm drawing my gun. Yeah. You know? It's like the Old West. Yeah. But Porter threatened to run him over with his own car. 
if the driver wasn't going to shoot him. How is that possible? He's going to go think, steal this guy's car and then run, run the driver over. The article doesn't do a good job of blocking what exactly happened. Yeah, that's you know? weird. Like, I think like the guy with the car came out and then it was like somehow the the passenger got around the driver's seat and he's like, I'm going to get in your car and run you over. You know? And that's when he uh, busted a cap in him? Yeah. Oh, okay. So wait, well, wait, I'm getting to it. Um, when Porter approached the open driver's side door, right, the driver fired an unknown amount of rounds at him. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. So he it's, was almost going to get carjacked. Almost. Yeah, he's protecting But here's the thing. Here's the thing about these gun people that I don't understand. In, if you ever fucking have seen a Western of any kind in your life, before they start shooting at people a lot of times, re more the more reasonable folk that don't want to start shooting people, they fire a, a shot into the shot. air. Yeah. yeah, they fire a shot into the air. And then it's like, that's enough to get most people to be like, all right, you know what? This has gone too far. I'm going to go, it's I'm gonna go home and have a snack. You know what I mean? Or maybe shoot fuck? him in the foot. Well, look, you're not, I mean, you're not, you know, that's hard. Yeah, yeah. Unless I you're like fucking... Though. Wild Bill Hickok or something. That's hard to do. Yeah. So you don't know what's going on. And you could like ricochet off the ground and hit like an old lady. You don't know what's yeah, happening. Yeah, you never know. I mean, but yeah, why yeah. not just shoot in the air and be like, I'm not fucking around there, Buster Brown. Yeah, yeah you know? that's right. Exactly. Yeah. And that's enough to make people go like, I would think hey. twice. I would stop. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. So the the driver claimed he pulled his gun after Porter threw a pair of sunglasses at him. <laughs> What's that? some Oakleys or some Ray-Ban yeah, Wayfarers? I was totally thinking Oakleys. <laughs> Just like Oakleys. a wraparound Oakleys. <laughs> Take my Oakleys, dude. <laughs> maybe Ray-Ban Wayfarers, but probably Oakleys. And maybe he's like, you know, bullseye. Like he could throw anything he throws is deadly. Yeah. So if he throws his <laughs> Oakleys at you, it like goes through your skull, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. What do you yep. think? He's like, he's got sunglasses. <laughs> I'm going to return <laughs> with like six bullets yeah. to the face. I mean, that's the problem with having a gun. Yeah, you know? yeah. It wants you to fucking fire it. That's the gun what it's wants there for. you to fire it. Yeah, that's what so. it's there for. Porter was dead when officers arrived, arrived at the scene. Reyes was crouched by his body. Oof. He was like, no, why do you have to go so young? I can't believe that guy. Yeah, there were so many more out. pairs of <laughs> Ray-Bans to throw at people. So you many know? more Imagine Dragons albums to listen <laughs> yeah. to. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised that dude even woke up. I thought he was just passed out in his own barf side of the road. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it sounded like. Wow. Ray, well, Reyes told officers he did not even remember getting into the Uber that day. <laughs> what a great witness. <laughs> if I was that lawyer, I'd be like, you are fucking useless. Just get out of my, my line of vision here. I'm just you useless. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you gave me this article, I was kind of whatever about it. But, oh, man. Okay, I see it now. Well, this is exactly why I don't go out on St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. Just for this reason. Yeah. For this Chad and Kyle, whatever their <laughs> names are. <laughs> yeah. He uh Reyes only vaguely remembers police taking his clothes and bringing him to the station. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> what did the driver do? Did you just take off or did you just wait? The driver was released as the investigation continues. So he was probably arrested that night and then later released. Yeah, after they're looking into it. I mean, yeah. quite honestly, I mean, he probably didn't commit a crime. Be, well, it's, yeah, I mean, it's New Mexico. Sunglasses. So if, like, somebody looks at you yeah, in you a can weird way, them. you could shoot them to death, <laughs> you know? So <laughs> Uber told the newspaper that the driver in question no longer has access to use the app. He's driving for Lyft now. Probably, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, last night I got a ride home from a Lyft, and it was like, it was a car that Uber wouldn't have allowed into the Uber fleet in a million years. It was like, oh, it was a, like a 1998 a Dodge Neon or something. Jesus. It still had like the the crank wheel, you know, uh, win uh, windows. You know, oh, you they didn't even have automatic windows. I wouldn't even get <laughs> no. into that car. No. <laughs> I, I, was, like, that it was, car. I was drunk. I was like on mushrooms. I was coming home from a, a rave party, you know? <laughs> I didn't hey. know what was... I, was, I would have gotten into fucking uh, goddamn horse chariot you know i had an Maybe uber yesterday or as a lift actually that was going yeah. from glendale all the way over here it's a long lift that's like 60 miles and yeah. the woman that picked us up was like maybe i don't know 30 year old asian girl and mm. all she played was music on her cell phone that was just like mid-aught pop rock like everyone <laughs> every band dude jimmy Eat world fire hose mm. um uh, everclear uh nickelback yeah. and she was singing along like it was, it was, uh, it was excruciating. Jesus Christ! Yeah, when we got into the the car to go to the thing last night, it was like um, like a Latino girl was was driving the car, and um, as soon as we got in, she's like, "Oh, white guys, I better change it to the rock rock and roll <laughs> station," <laughs> and it was like Green Day or something. Great, yeah, thanks for uh, that. Great, thank you, <laughs> thanks. Thanks for racially profiling. Racial profiling, me. yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> in 2018, uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff about vomit fraud. Mm. There was a surge of vomit fraud, I guess, where like people are using fake vomit to document vomit claims. So do they actually have that fake vomit you get from like Acme and just put it on the seat and take a picture? That's what I was wondering because that would fly. <laughs> That's with me. amazing. <laughs> Because vomit looks, you know, there's like chunks of like fucking peppers in it, and there's all sorts of nonsense, you know? <laughs> Little pieces it of doesn't shrimp. look anything like the fake vomit <laughs> you buy in a joke shop, you know? Is there like a, a like a more costly cleanup fee for like fake poo? Because I would be doing that too. I'd be like, here's some fake diarrhea. You left fake here. poo in my car. <laughs> Y'all got fake poo? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was that from? I think that was a Mr. Show thing. Yeah, that well, I think yeah. it was. Uh, in some instances, writers said the receipt showed fake photos of vomit. <laughs> <laughs> they said they got out of a clean car and alleged drivers staged the photo. I mean, look, guys. Wow. You know, when I drove an ice cream truck, I used to water down the frozen lemonade. What's <laughs> so the unit have to refill it or remake it? No, because it's like they would they would measure. You just have these giant fucking tubs of fake, of fake, of frozen lemonade that they give you at the beginning of the day, and they measure the how much you've sold, you know? Oh. So it'd be like, I don't know, somehow I'd show like I sold even, oh, you'd have to buy it at the beginning yeah, of the day so you something would, so weird. Yeah, I would water it down and pay, pay you know, so I wouldn't pay as yeah. much for it. 
and, and there and so it was like I sucked at doing it, but they were like, "Wow, you really suck at doing it," because <laughs> I I it looked like I hadn't sh- sold any, you know. <laughs> um. Vomit fraud, dude. Yeah, I mean, whatever. Way to make a you buck. Know what I mean, you gotta you, you gotta do what you can if you're bad at selling ice cream to kids. You know. Well, in this gig you know? economy. Yeah. You gotta make any money the way any way you can. I mean, these guys aren't even getting benefits. So if any which way vomit, you can, yeah. And every which way but loose. Exactly. The two orangutan um, Clint Eastwood movies. <laughs> you ever see those? <laughs> what was it? Tango and Cash. No, it was any which way you can and every oh, which way the... but loose. Oh, and it was okay. it was it was Clint Eastwood co-starring with an orangutan in two movies. Did he direct? Did he direct those? I don't think so. This was no. in the seventies. Oh man. God. Yeah, what it was, was really the what something. was the the point? Like, was he like a cop? I don't even remember. I saw it when I was a kid. I can't. I can't remember. God, I don't know why you'd need to team up with the orangutan. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what what it would do for you. <laughs> like, I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know. It's like, damn it, who am I gonna get to eat fruit and throw feces at people <laughs> with me? <laughs> I'm team up with an orangutan. Let's get the orangutan. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, yeah, so the, apparently riders can report false vomit claims through the app's help feature. So that's good. I might do that just for Remember a laugh. That. Yeah, it's It'd be funny. funny. Like false vomit. Uh-huh. Open up an investigation to the vomit police. Uh-huh. <laughs> wow. Well, we'll have to see about that. But uh, I don't. You know, I don't think the world's really lost that much with the death of this this guy. Yeah. You know. Chad mm-hmm. or Kyle or whatever his name is. No, fuck him. Um, fuck yeah, dude. fuck him. Who really cares? Mm-hmm. But vomit fraud, that's ugh, a whole new world of illegal activity I never knew about. That's right. People, send your story to Podcast gmail.com. Yeah. We have phone calls coming up next. Call the Sigrong hotline at 323-522-4032. But first, how about a word from Adam and Eve? Hey, kids, do you like sex toys? Yeah! Then go to adamandeve.com and make a purchase using coupon code DIDDLE. You'll get 50% off your first item, three free adult DVDs, free shipping, and a gift so sensual I can't even mention it on this podcast about murder and bukkake. Support Sick and Wrong by supporting our sponsor, adamandeve.com, and making a purchase with coupon code DIDDLE. That's DIDDLE, D-I-D-D-L-E, like your uncle used to do to you. So we got a few phone calls to get to here. Um, 323-522-4032 is that number. Uh, this uh, first call is a guy. I, I kind of like this trend that's happening right now with the uh, drunk dial line. Because mm. I think that one guy called in and was like, I want real stories. And this is when my stepmom gave me a hand job or a blowjob or whatever. And now we're getting all these people calling in with their sexy stories. I kind of oh, like nice. it. Yeah, That's great. Hey, anything other than a shit story, I'm fucking 100% behind. <laughs> and not a sexy you know? foreskin story. We don't want to hear about your foreskins. Yeah, I don't care about you like, hey, I could put water in my foreskin and then blow it up like a water balloon. Fuck you. I don't give a shit, <laughs> you piece of garbage. Although there might be you know? someone who's into foreskins that finds that sexy. So I guess so. You but if that, if that exists, then, you know... I'm going to send them a foreskin doll in the mail and they'll get arrested. So, so the first uh, call we have here is a two part sexy story. So here's part one. Sigurnan, hey, I got a sex story for you guys. So I'm dating this chick for 
eh, about three weeks or something. You know, it's gone pretty good. I met her dad in passing. Like, I waved hello to him when I dropped her off at the house and anything. So we're out drinking. Usually we go back to my house and bone and everything's great because I live alone. But you know how chicks are. And one night she's like super drunk after the. <laughs> you know how chicks are. Is this guy from Fresno or some shit? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like yeah. Stockton. You know how chicks are. <laughs> you know yeah. he's having this like gnarly date at the OG man and San you know Demas. how chicks are. <laughs> Jesus. Bar, and she's like, we have to go back to my house. And I'm like, nah, nah, you live with your dad. I have my own house. Why Why are we going to your house? But you know how chicks fucking are. She's like, <laughs> yeah, oh, I know, I know how 17-year-old girls are. Because <laughs> yeah, that's what it sounds like what's happening here. I still don't I get that because I, I don't know many chicks who would be like, yeah, let's go home and fuck in the same house that my dad lives in. Yeah, yeah, while he's really there. Cool dad. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you have one of those yeah. like, he's hip, he's cool, he's forty-five dads or something. I think my my bio dad is like that. I mean, I wasn't raised with your, him, but your I, bio dad is cool though. My half siblings are like they could just do whatever, you know. I, I could see your yeah. your bio dad being yeah. like, "Hey, you got any uh, weed for yeah. me?" Yeah, <laughs> you know, he's he's kind of a cool guy. I could see yeah. that. Yeah, uh, Rabbi wasn't like that. Dad's house. Let's go to my dad's house. I'm like, all right, fine, let's fucking go. We get there, all right, it's 3 in the morning, her dad's asleep, fine. We go back to her room, and yeah, it's it's good. We start boning, of course, which is pretty good. And we're fucking, I don't have a condom. We, we've been uh, fucking with condoms uh, the whole time. And so, uh, you what? know, I got my pull. Well, it sounds what? like he... Well, it sounds like he probably just met this girl or he's only been he with her for a He didn't have a year. condom, but they've been fucking with condoms the whole time. Well, it sounds like he probably had condoms at his house, but he didn't have any condoms at hers, so he's going to have to do the pullout game. Oh, I thought this was a first date for some reason. Oh, uh, no, this is some girl they've been banging. But I bet okay, she's only been banging for a few months. this is what I imagine in months. my mind. And granted, I've drank an uh, entire bottle of wine in the last hour, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I, I imagine they got to her house and was started fucking without a condom. And they were just like making balloon animals with condoms, like in the restaurant beforehand. Like they'd been <laughs> fucking with condoms the whole time, just fucking around fucking with them. Fucking with condoms. <laughs> like, here's a hippopotamus. Yeah, yeah I don't think yeah. that was happening. <laughs> <laughs> but I did, that, is, that is the worst, though. It's like when yeah. you're like, well, you don't have any condoms. Oh, mm. fuck it. We're drunk. Let's still fuck. But that's yeah, yeah. when you knock the girl up. It's when you get her pregnant. Yep. Gotta be careful. Happens. Mm -hmm. game pretty good uh you know i'm ready i'm ready to like bust on her and then she she pulls like right when i'm about to pass the point of no return she pulls this move she's like don't come on my stomach Ugh. i don't know i guess chicks are weird about their stomach or something what? but she said no. right when i'm passing the point of no return <clears throat> so i'm like Ugh, ugh. And uh, you know, I, I'm pretty good. I'm I'm like the flash. I, I scramble up. I'm like, all right, hits it is, hits it is. So I I, I scramble up. I, I I get up there right. I don't remember that being I... a a point of the flash. I don't remember that being one of his superpowers. Like in a jam, he can just come on your tits. Yeah, that's a thing. He can that's run really fast. He can run fast enough that he could actually go back in time. 
But I don't know if he could just all of a sudden in a jam come on somebody's tits. I don't know if that was one of his superpowers, but sure, whatever, buddy. But does the Flash move so quickly that time kind of stands still? So he yeah. has the time to be able to choose eyes, mouth, tits, <laughs> or stomach? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I guess he could choose to, like, before he even comes, he could choose to, like, go back in time and come on, like, Catherine the Great salad or something if he wanted to. <laughs> you know? He could. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Fucking, my aim, my aim is perfect. But the problem is that I didn't really uh, anticipate the thrust or, or, uh, <laughs> of, or <laughs> I, 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 yeah. I love his scientific terms. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I didn't uh, anticipate the thrust and velocity of the semen. <laughs> I calculated the jewels all wrong. I did. You know what she probably is? She's probably a witch who's going to take his semen. Mm -hmm. Did you see that in the last... Uh, a semen stealer. Yeah. Shadows? She's probably a semen stealer. But semen went everywhere. <laughs> and she took his semen. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. I, I went a little farther than I would have liked. So, well, long story short is I kind of annihilated her entire face and hair and like the <laughs> pillow behind her. So I didn't do it intentionally, Jeez, but hell it's her goddamn fault. So anyways, uh, this is one of these chicks that doesn't like getting cum on the face. Uh, well, where does she like getting cum? Like, she doesn't she like from? cum on her stomach. She doesn't like cum on her face. She doesn't like cum. Like, where are you supposed to what cum? What is she, an empress or something? Yeah. What, what is <laughs> God. Yeah, Lady so Gaga or My something? God. Jesus. Yeah, Jesus. Uh, and she was very angry. She starts screaming. Dude, uh, you fucking came on my face. Oh, you came on my face. I think that's what dads love to wake up to. <laughs> that is like the best part of waking up. Best part of waking up is your Other daughter. Other than Folgers in your cup is your daughter screaming, <laughs> you got cum in my face. A load of cum in her face. That's great. Dads love that. Uh, no, I have to go take a shower. Fuck you. Uh, yeah, I can't believe you got cum all over me. Uh, so then she gets up and she runs to the bathroom to take a shower. And I'm like, ah, fuck. And I, I roll over to go to sleep. And yeah, I, all right. So I pass out. Then I wake up the next morning about the crack of noon. And I hear a noise. You know, it's like a it's fucking boom, boom, boom. And I, I'm like, what the fuck is... Was her dad fucking Hagrid from like <laughs> Harry Potter? He's like a giant man or something? Yeah, yeah. Boom, boom. Who's coming in my daughter's face? Ah, <laughs> uh, there's a second part here. There's noise. Right. And then the gears in my head starts turning. Right, he just... Hold on a second. So here's part two here of the sexy story. All right. Oh, got cut off. Anyway, the gears in my head keep turning. I'm like, what is this fucking noise? I'm like, that's her dad walking around. I can hear him stepping every single step. I hear him turn on the TV. I can... I can hear the TV that he's watching. I know what show he's watching. So the gears in my head start turning, and I'm like, oh, wait. His daughter was screaming about coming her hair. Like, <laughs> God, I would, I would definitely leave through the window. Yeah, yeah. That's I would not want to have to face that. Uh-huh. Ugh, be the worst. So, anyways, uh, I, I rolled out of there. Uh, I don't know if her dad, I hope he was a heavy sleeper for the love of Christ, but uh, to his credit, he never said anything. So anyways, uh, he might have heard something he didn't need to hear. I want Sometimes this guy sounds a little bit like Bobcat Goldthwait.
little you know bit. What yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, you know, he's, I hope he's a heavy sleeper, man. Yeah. <laughs> to ask you guys, uh, you ever heard something you didn't need to hear? <laughs> D. Joffrey, you ever hear him uh, boning a guy in the butt? Your your parents having sex? Uh, Harrison, did you ever uh, hear your foster mother boning uh, your foster father? I'll over twist. All right. Anyway, keep it sick. Keep it wrong. Later. Yeah. God, I'm trying to think. Yeah. God, over the years, you know, I never heard my parents having sex. I don't think I heard my foster father banging the headmistress of my orphanage several times. <laughs> and he definitely came in her hair. Right. So. I'm trying, trying to think. I've definitely never heard uh Yeah, I never heard my mm. sister having sex. Um I'm gonna think of uh yeah, thank God I never heard my brother having sex. Mm. I mean, I used to, I, m- I remember my old apartment in uh, the old Sick and Wrong studio, though. I lived next door to a gay guy who I think was an escort. I heard that guy having sex all the time. Mm. Yeah, through like the, because the walls were so thin in that place. It was just like two dudes grunting. Like all Wait, night. Where was this? Where was this? My apartment in the Tenderloin in San Francisco. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was like all the time you'd hear like, uh-huh. <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> it was terrible. <laughs> Um, but I don't think I've ever heard my parents fuck. You ever live next to a couple that's like, you know, a settled down couple that lives together, but they're not married or whatever. And it'll be like, you know, they have sex like once a month yeah. or something. But that once a month when you hear them, it's like a real treat. Oh God, just loud as fuck. Yeah. It's a real fun thing. I remember, uh, but there was loud, but mechanical. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like you could almost—it's almost rhythmic to the point where you can like relax and listen to it, like a craftwork exactly. song. Exactly. Um, yeah, I remember it uh, also at the old Sick and Wrong studio. I know we bitched about this, and longtime listeners would remember this because I wrote a screed. I actually used to make fun of my screeds, but I wrote this screed about this. Uh, our landlord. Like, get, get how, how pissed would you be about this? Our landlord, we had a laundry room in the basement of the building. There were, like, you know, two washers and two dryers. That's what everyone used. Our landlord worked for this, like, homeless youth shelter nonprofit. And he closed our laundry room and basically just made it, like, a room for these runaways. Mm. Yeah, and it's just these fucking ne'er-do-wells that lived in our fucking basement. <laughs> I was I was so angry. Plus, yeah. my apartment was the first apartment over the laundry room. It was like on the first floor. And so a couple of these ne'er-do-wells that lived there, I mean, she was probably like 17 and he was like 19. They fucked all the time. <laughs> and I think a lot of girls at that age too, you know, over-exaggerate how good it is because they're trying to like feed the guy's ego. Yeah, so she yeah. was so loud. She sounded like a seal being clubbed to death. <laughs> <laughs> like and so I wrote this screed, mm. like this long screed that I remember I read out in the show about how, you know, if they you know, just shut the fuck up basically. Have sex if you want, just stop broadcasting it to the whole fucking building. Cause I mean you could hear it, like the whole building, everyone could hear it. And I was like, and if you do, I'm gonna tell my landlord and you'll get kicked out of here. I forget what I it was it was funny. But anyway, I just remember that went on for months. I mean, there were even some shows. That were that we were recording that you could hear them fucking in the background. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. That's one thing that uh, you know, being a, 
I guess we're both like chronic apartment dwellers. I've never lived in a house really as an yeah, adult. But that's something we just have to deal with. My neighbors now, I don't, it's not an issue. Oh, actually, you know, I take that back. I live next door to a, a building with studio apartments. You hear people fucking in there a lot. Yeah, and there's a lot of dogs. It sounds like a kennel sometimes. Yeah. yeah. But do you ever hear it at your place? No. <clears throat> Occasionally, we had uh, Fortin Bra, my oh, that foil, guy. who lived next to me. Oh, that they kid. would, like, fuck, but they, luckily they were, like, a settled couple, so they'd only fuck, like, times a month you know yeah. <laughs> but other than that i don't really i'm usually the guy that's making noise wow and do it's you usually because ever... i'm like playing resident evil and screaming and i woke up a baby or something you know? <laughs> 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 that actually Not happened somebody came down just because I was, I was like twitching resident evil and i was yelling and somebody came down and was like you woke up my baby <laughs> At like 3 a.m. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not because you're having wild sex with some escort or something. It's just, no, you're playing Resident Evil on Twitch. Yeah, that's right. God, it's tragic. Mm-hmm. Anyway, thank you for the uh, sexy story. Very entertaining. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to know what happened the next day. Did the dad ever say anything? Like, what was the aftermath of this? Mm. I don't know. Deserves a follow-up. All right, the next call we have here, this is a great one. This is a sex story at a festival. Have you seen that movie Festival? No. With uh, Simon from uh, The Inbetweeners? I don't even know what you're talking about. So oh, no. you never, you never seen The Inbetweeners? No. Oh, that's a great show to come on. That's the thing with the... I like you know, UK television, but that was a great show. Mm. I'd almost say it captured the essence of the young ones. Uh, but The Inbetweener is a great show. But the the one kid, the awkward kid from that, did a movie called Festival, which is about like this awkward kid that goes to a festival to try to win his girlfriend back, and it's, you know, insanity occurs. Well, this is uh, very similar. This is in the same vein. So here it is, Festival Sex Story. Okay. Hey, guys, long-time listener. I've uh, been listening for about... 10 years now since I was like 16 I think um, but yeah first time calling in I have actually made an advert or two for you guys um, uh, you know fucking incognito but anyway I'll get on which to my one story huh? that I called incognito? in like five years ago <clears throat> what the I fuck is that I don't know is that his name when he made the I feel uh... like 27 people have called in and be like I'm the guy who did the Stephen Hawking ad well, we've had, we we do have a creative uh, fan yeah, base, yeah. and a lot of these guys yeah. have like sent yeah. in uh, you know different intros and ads throughout the years, and I appreciate that. But it's like, yeah, unless you reference it and give me some kind of context. What the I'm fuck was that guy? It. You played it on like the beginning or end of a show where somebody literally recreated beat for beat and like breath for breath the trucker Paul fucking Adam and Eve ad. That was weird. That was so that weird. That was weird. Yeah, that was this, so weird. I, I think I put it in, like, sometimes, I don't do it all the time, but yeah. sometimes I do a little Easter egg after the song of the week. Yeah. Actually, I guess I do it most times. You do it every show. I don't do it all the time. You I do, do it every show. You know, I, I listen to every show. You do it every show. All right. Yeah. Well, I think I included good. I, that. I think it's a good thing. I included that at the end, but uh, <laughs> do you, before you started the show, there's um, we used to play... I think just to, to promote the Sigmund Hotline, this banana, you remember that ring, 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 banana phone? Yes, yeah. You know, the Yanni so, or whatever. The Yanni thing. Is. So we, yeah. I made like a show intro and I think I had a girlfriend at the time record like, call oh, the Sigmund Hotline, ring, 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 banana phone. The, we had this guy, you know, I'm going to play it at the end of this show. We had this guy call in with the most drunken rendition of that song and that mm-hmm. ad, that little promo. 
And it's it's amazing. I still play it every now and then. I'm going to play it at the end of this song of the week, this episode. You know, I had somebody talk to me recently on social media. I don't remember who it was or where it was. But they were like, I'd like to really call into the show, but I'm... I'm not drunk or whatever, or I don't drink or something. You don't I'm have like, to be drunk. <laughs> that, but because you call it a drunk dial line, people think you have to be drunk. I'm serious. That, oh, my God. what people believe. People That's a believe misnomer, this. people. Yeah. It's, yeah. I'm just doing it because it's a funny term for it. We yeah. prefer you not to be drunk so you can actually give us like a legible call, you know, like a coherent right. phone conversation. Right. Because that's the worst when you have some wasted person, like, and their mouth is, like, on the speak, you know, the microphone, yeah. the phone, you can't understand it. Yeah. yeah, we want you to be coherent. Let's drunk dial line and name only. I don't think anybody wanted to put it on because I was too drunk. It probably made no sense. Um, but anyway, I lived in America about six years ago, and we were going to a cool festival, little local festival nearby, and on the second day in, we're, like, four in the morning, drunk as shit, um, here, here's some weird synthy Indian music coming from a tent and surely enough there's like 60 people in this tiny uh, teepee with a guy playing a, a synth sitar so I don't know we just had a good time it's weird. and there was a, mm -hmm. a beautiful blonde girl um, in the middle dancing and I, I go over to her and I start dancing with her and we start making out and uh, <laughs> f I mean first warning sign she was wearing fucking fingerless gloves but anyway she uh <laughs> She asked me how old I was. I lied, said I was 21. She said she was 26 and knew that I wasn't 21, but she said, anyway, do you want to come back to my tent? I wish I was an exchange student. I really regret yeah. not doing that. Yeah. Was that ever an option? Like, do you ever think about doing that? No, it was never an option. <clears throat> you know, same with me. It's like, you know, actually, I bet you my, my father was one of those people who, my dad always said, if you can travel, like if you can afford to do it, if you have the time to do it, you should always do it. Well, y your father's weird because I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, you know, your father's like, you know, I can I can be a rabbi in a lot of places. You know where I'm going to go be a rabbi? In in fucking apartheid South Africa. That sounds like a great idea. Well, when did that happen? How did that happen? Well, that, you know, actually, uh -huh. uh, not to digress too much from the phone okay. call. Yeah. But uh, it was like the 70s, late 70s. Uh -huh. And a lot, a lot of when rabbis start out. It's if you have connections, like if my yeah. dad had a connection to a congregation in Los Angeles, he would have come here because then you, and a lot of rabbis do that. They go to, you know, they grow up in a congregation, they go to school and mm. then they come back and then become like a junior rabbi and then eventually a senior rabbi in like Los Angeles or San Francisco mm. or Chicago. And then you're making decent money at a great congregation. If you're a rabbi that doesn't have any connections, then you kind of have to do the Southern circuit. I and see. so my father's from England, didn't have any connections. He like, had a congregation in a shitty uh, synagogue in Monroe, Louisiana, where I was born. Shitty synagogue, made no money. Then he got one a year later at Florida in a terrible synagogue. And then he got one a year later in Alabama. And like these are like 60 family temples. I mean, there's tiny. He's not making any money. And then his roommate from college went to Johannesburg like that year and had this huge congregation there and he called my dad he's like you know what they need a rabbi at this other one and this is like you're talking from in alabama you had like a 60 family congregation south africa you had like a 2600 family congregation mm. so it's like all of a sudden you're in like the big leagues for rabbis i see so he made a huge jump career-wise however that means he had to move his whole family you know to a new country so yeah. it was, i think he just did it because pay was better it was a huge step up in his career, 
and uh, yeah, and it, and it just you know changed changed everything. However, it was fucked up to live there during that period of time. Yeah, yeah. You know, I should write an essay about it. <laughs> yeah, put it on medium.com. <laughs> the fun, the yeah. funny thing about it though is at the end, you know, when apartheid was crumbling and all the Jews were just leaving, it's like a mass exodus of Jews. They're like, we're getting the fuck out of here. Yeah. You know, black people are in power. We're leaving, <laughs> and uh, most Jews were going to Australia. Or England, but most of them were going to Australia. My dad was offered a congregation in Melbourne or mm. Bay City, Michigan. And I can't believe he chose wow. the latter. Fucking Bay City, Michigan. You Sometimes I think so about like, Foster's. You yeah, could have had so much Foster's. I, All the Foster's. I, I, I would have been like, who knows what would have happened? I could have been a fucking yeah. doctor, a lawyer, or something. Yeah. <laughs> if I didn't go to mm. Bay City and start doing drugs. <laughs> I was like, absolutely. So we go back to the tent second warning sign there's about five people in her two-man tent fully naked all fucking each other um Jeez. like some weird <laughs> like centipede. so yeah. she was like oh looks like we're not unless you want to join in with that uh looks like we're gonna have to find a new location and points over to a tree so i was like yeah let's go over there i guess and, that's not um, a location that's just you know. a tree <laughs> <laughs> he's like so. yeah let's Go over there, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to a the tree, tree is not a location. I'm sorry. <laughs> a tree house would yeah, be. Yeah, that is the thing. You could have an Ewok sex party in a yeah. tree house. Ewok but sex no. party. Where, you know, sling the condom on. She fucking jumps on top. It's a really good time. Second time I was ever having sex. And the first time was horrible. So I was really enjoying it. <laughs> and um, yeah, she, she stops about halfway through and asks me, Are you more dominant? Or submissive, and I at the time. Sorry. <laughs> what? Well, what? So, how often do you get that question? Always. Or do you, or do you plan it before even sex occurs? It, either I ask it, or the she ask it, or something. You know. But the thing is, is that when you're, I don't know, when you're 19 or something, that doesn't come up because nobody even knows what the fuck they're doing. Yeah, you, know? you wouldn't. You wouldn't know. I that. guess if you're 19, and you're fucking an older woman that might come up. Yeah. Yeah. That, but. Uh, I remember when I was in college, I was fucking a girl that was like 25 mm. and she did things to me. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even, I didn't even know cause I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. It was also like maybe the second girl I ever boned. Yeah. But yeah, but I always wonder though with that, that mm. are you submissive or dominant? Don't you nowadays, like now when you meet a girl, do you sort all that out before the fucking occurs? It's generally all been sorted out. Like, I mean, this is this is one of the I guess one of the few benefits of fucking aging is that generally that shit is can be sorted out like fucking the body language before we even start get to it. Oh, yeah. you already know. I don't even have to ask her. I can just tell with body language. Oh, well, yeah. So that's yeah. the experience. Uh huh. You what that was, but not really this like different levels of it. So I said, you know, what's the worst that this chick could do? Um, submissive. I said, and she was like, that's the answer that I'm looking for, which was the third warning sign. Uh, and uh, so she. It's not a warning sign. That is a sign for fun. It's <laughs> about to that's say, like, you, were, you would yeah. be like stoked. That's like. A, yeah, that's a yeah. rare thing. That is yeah. a rare, rare ass thing. Girl to guys. say that, God. Yeah. Back and biting my neck, you know, the fucking tame shit that they usually do. No feathers, sadly, Harrison. Um, but yeah, yeah go she fuck eventually yourself. starts to get a bit rougher, and I'm like, oh, I'm not really enjoying this too much, and starting to go soft a bit. And she realizes what's going on and bends down and fucking 
bites the ridge of my nose as hard as she could, and before I could have any reaction, I heard my fucking nose break, and she <laughs> leans up and starts <laughs> throttling me in the face. It serves you right, you chav piece of shit. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. God, I would have been, this is like traumatic. Yeah. God. I have no sympathy for this chav fucker. I don't <laughs> Tree care. and ran, bleeding from my nose through this whole festival to my friend's tent. And eventually, 20 <laughs> minutes later, we walked back to the tree where all my shit was, and everything was neatly piled next to this tree. Um, all from, like, trousers, sh what? like, fucking shirt, uh, underwear, socks, and all of that. Wait, so what he is she, ran naked. What is she, the Blair Witch or something? <laughs> what did she leave? Stick, little twined-up stick people for him? I don't get it. So, wait, he was, she bit his nose mm. and broke it. And then he just ran butt naked to his friend's tent. Yeah. Bloody nose. Just blood streaming from his nose. Eh, crying like a little bitch. Yeah. Meanwhile, Scarlet Witch is over there yeah. holding up his stuff. Mm -hmm. And my wallet and phone was neatly stacked on top of each other, all organized. <laughs> and Yeah, was the cash still in the wallet? Yeah. Probably didn't have any. I have never fucking experienced something like that in my life, especially at four in the morning. But anyway, guys, keep it wrong. Keep it sick. Keep it schmick and keep it schlong. I love you, boys. Peace. Um, Jesus, that's fucking gnarly. Yeah, I mean, I've never had that happen. My God. The closest... I've had that kind of shit because it's like, just because you're submissive doesn't mean you want somebody to inflict the maximum amount of pain on you and disfigure no. you. You know what I mean? No, like, I would You got to work that shit gnarly. out, sweetheart. You know, like that shit needs to be worked out. Come I on. remember I was at a, uh, it's in San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, probably like early aughts. And I was at this like Burning Man fundraiser party. Like mm. these people are, had a Burning Man camp and they had a big party in this massive like artist warehouse to, to raise funds for their fucking thing that they did. Um, I forget what it was. It was like the Lords of Fauntleroy and they like wore like the fucking George Washington wigs and shit. Stupid. There's at least 27 camps at Burning Man that do that same fucking thing. It's terrible. You know, the thing is, I hate Burning Man and I hate that whole culture, but the chicks are hot and there's oh, tons yeah. of drugs. Absolutely. And so we're at this party and uh, we're hanging out with like this big group of girls and we're just kind of chilling. And I started talk, talking to this one and we're both pretty wasted. And she was hot and we're like on the dance floor dancing, kind of making out. And I was like, oh, this is going well. And she bit the fuck out of my lip like to the point yeah. where it was like cut open pouring blood and there's blood all over her and then i like was like what the fuck is wrong with you and then i went to the bathroom trying to like wash it off like what like stop the like stop the bleeding yeah. and then i come back and her friend like some tough guy i guess saw my blood on her and thought that i punched her in the face uh <laughs> and he wanted to fight me and uh, I was just like, dude, what are you what are you talking about? She's a fucking vampirella, that one. Uh, yeah. He bit my lip open. God, she was she was uh yeah, we Did went you fight on. the guy? No, no, I told him what happened and then she yeah. stopped him and she was laughing about it. Yeah. We went on to have a bit of a thing, me and that girl, but she was like into like inflicting pain. Yeah. And having yeah. pain on her. But she was really into to doing that and leaving she called it leaving her mark. Yeah, that, well, that's, yeah, I mean, the most common thing of that is, like, when a chick fucks you and she just fucking, fucking rips her nails into your back. Yeah, that's, she, and then, that was her and thing. And then she's like, you know, that's because I own you or whatever. That you could deal with. 
that you're just like, all right, you know, that kind of sucks, but I'm going to deal with this because I'm getting laid. You yeah, know? exactly. I don't actually, so. sometimes I don't mind that that much, yeah. but, but when it's like, I mean, biting the bridge of your nose like that. Sometimes I've met chicks that are adults that, that like give you hickeys to do that. It's like, what am I, 15? I don't yeah. want to go to work and have people think I'm like fucking making out with 15 year olds because I have a hickey, you idiot. You know? This, this girl thought yeah. that was the funniest thing. Oh, so I'd have to go to work with annoying. a hickey like, on that the, is so like annoying. behind my ear. Yeah, yeah, that is real annoying. It was annoying. Yeah, yeah. annoying chick. Anyway, that was an amazing story. Thank you for that. I'm going to call that guy Simon. Simon from the festival. Because you know my name is Simon. Because of that? Simon. That's exactly why. Okay. Uh, right. People call in your sex stories. 323-522-4032. And you don't have to be drunk to call the drunk dial line. No, you don't. You don't. You don't. You just have anyway. to be stupid. Yeah, you got to be stupid yeah. and yeah. willing to be embarrassed. Yep. Uh, people, best way to support the show, become a sick or wrong patron. Uh, this, uh, this Today, I actually recorded a, a, a long Fistful of Steel. It's kind of like an extra long episode. We did like four rants and then just kind of went into uh, just random territory. But it was hilarious. So I'm going to edit that, post that probably today or tomorrow. Um, I also also recently posted a uh, an outtake of these two crackheads fighting over um, the, the Titanic theme song. That's great. By Celine Dion. Yeah, it's it's a piece of audio theater there. And it's from the old Sick and Wrong studio. It's my neighbors at the Sick and Wrong studios. That's, so that's available there. And also, I got a, a pretty funny outtake here of uh, John Steele weighing in on that turd controversy. Did you see that, Harrison? I don't think so. On the Facebook page, the turd controversy? I don't believe so. No. So, I'm not going to see. You can go check it out. In I the, need to uh, check Facebook again. I haven't done it in a while. Basically, it was uh, do women, can women make shits the same size as a man? And it's mm. a story from a woman that talked about her boyfriend getting pissed at her because he thought she was cheating on him because of the size of the turd he found in the toilet. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a pretty funny story. That's pretty good. So uh, Yeah, got, yeah I, I, I need to get back on the Facebook, but uh, if otherwise, I'm always mad carousel at Instagram. So. Yeah, you're on there too. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Steele weighed in on his opinions on the turd controversy, and it was pretty funny. So the place you can get all the outtakes, you can extra story, you get extra phone calls, patreon.com slash sickandwrong. We do appreciate you supporting the show. Um, helps us do fun things. That's We're right. actually planning on doing some stuff with that money, so we do appreciate oh, yeah. it. Uh, finally, here's Song of the Week. It's a dedication here. Rocky Erickson, one of my favorite musicians, died this past week. Died on Friday. Which song are you playing? Because I was going to say play If You Have Ghosts, because that's a good one. Ooh, I was going to do I Think of Demons. but uh, You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm on board with that. All right. That, that is one of yeah. my favorite. But If You Have Ghosts is a great song, too. Yeah. Ooh, let me think about it. Rocky Erickson, founding member of the 13th Floor Elevators and a pioneer of the psychedelic rock genre. Died on Friday. We played his songs many times in the show. Um, I got how many times did you get to see him? I saw him twice. I only saw him once. Yeah, I saw him but twice, and I wish I would have seen like him at the Roxy. He was like shit, man. He was just happy to be doing it. You know. Well, I I saw he him. He says like, thank you after every song. You yeah, know? thank you. Do you remember yeah. how like so? What happened? What's interesting? The story of Rocky Erickson. I do actually uh, suggest people checking out the uh, documentary that came out in two thousand five. You're gonna miss me because that kind of yeah. revitalized his career. 
Mm-hmm. And then he started doing a tours right after that. And I remember I saw him right after that, and it was the first time he had been touring in decades. And he was so shy, like he wouldn't even face the audience. Yeah. But but then I saw him like five years later, and he was like exactly what you said, just like a pig and shit, super happy to be there. You know, really, you know, really came out on his own. But the thing is, it's an interesting story about Rocky Erickson. He was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia. And uh, in the, and he was like, basically because he was arrested in 1969 for the possession of a single marijuana joint. In and Texas. They, in Texas. And they yeah. committed him to a psychiatric hospital in Houston. Where he, he received, pleaded insanity to the, to the offense. That's why. He, he pled insanity. And he received yeah. involuntary electroconvulsive therapy. Yeah. And it changed him. I mean, you listen to like, uh, you know, the psychedelic rock of the 13th floor elevators to the paranoid schizophrenic rock of the aliens. Mm-hmm. You know, when it was rocking the aliens after he came out of 10 years, he was in there. Yeah. Incarcerated for 10 years. It was crazy. And there's a song on the, um, the Evil One album, which is after he got out of the mental hospital, called the Bloody Hammer. Bloody Hammer, Which was yeah. because he was, um, they like formed a band when they were in the mental hospital and he formed the band with a guy who had killed his parents with a bloody hammer, with a hammer. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's where that's that song that comes from? from? Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. But that, that's kind of my favorite era of, I do like the 34 Elevators. I know you're not a big fan, but I do like them. But when he got out in 72, he started, you know, Rocky Erickson and the Aliens, which was just kind of this hard rock horror music, basically. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's great. And, and then it was weird. Then after that, like, he just kind of became a recluse, like, throughout... But the 80s and 90s, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, I think, and he even did some weird shit. Like I heard it in the 80s, he became obsessed with mail, writing letters to solicitors and taping his neighbor's letters to his walls. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. He, he like had to do, he got arrested for mail theft after that. Hmm. And then he like claimed that a Martian had his, yeah, but he was crazy. I mean, he was yeah. insane because, you know, look at, look at the trauma of like getting involuntary electroshock. And he had a pair. weird Norman Bates thing with his mom. Too. Oh yeah. He lived with yeah, his yeah. mom. Yeah. Very yeah. weird. Uh, but then, uh, you know, this documentary came out and it kind of revitalized his career and he started releasing albums again. So hmm. amazing guy. I mean, amazing musician. Definitely going to miss him. And uh, people, you should check out his music. Rocky, Rocky Erickson, The Aliens, uh, one of my, and The Evil One, one of my favorite albums. Well, let's, yeah, let's end the show. Let's do If You Have Ghosts. Why not? It's a great All song. Right. So we're going to end the show here with Rocky Erickson, The Aliens, If You Have Ghosts. Damn fine song. Rest in peace, Rocky Erickson. They're a lot for music. People will be back next week with episode 690. Until then, take it sleazy.
banana phone. Ring, 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 banana phone. It's a ring, 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 banana phone. Six, 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 three, eight, four, six. The call is sticking wrong. Hotline. Ring, 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 ring. Banana phone. Are you drunk? Are you horny? Call the sick and wrong hotline. Ring, 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 ring. Banana phone. Ring, 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 ring. Banana phone.